Well, here we go. Finally, reviewing the winner of the Review Review Tournament of Random Movies 3. Very fitting now that we have just gotten out of an election because we're talking about one angry white man going through the mean streets of L.A. Michael Douglas in the film Falling Down. Troy is very prepared for this one. <laughs> so we'll see what he thinks on a very horned-rimmed glasses edition of the Review Review. I just want to go home. <laughs> Will you speak English? <laughs> Welcome to the Review Review, a show where two small-town dudes give you our big, angry-for-no-reason opinions. I'm Troy, to the max, extreme. I'm, uh, I'm in a traffic jam, <laughs> and I just can't take it anymore. T- today, we are going over, finally, yes. the dawn of the dead. <laughs> 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 Did you watch it, Troy? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have the time to watch it. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, El Generico online. <laughs> I guess I can't have my dessert because I haven't had my dinner yet. Well, no, the stipulation was you have to watch it before you play Red Dead Redemption 2. Which is probably a fair assessment, which I'll never play fucking Red <laughs> Dead 2. You'll never do either I'm of them. I'm going to be a sad man <laughs> sitting in my house. Uh, uh, (laughs) anyway we're going uh we're going over falling down this eve yes uh or morning whenever you're listening yeah this this one's gonna be a good one because we both watched this (laughs) you bet it is (laughs) it's gonna be the best one ever (laughs) ever best show we've ever done uh it's gonna be it's gonna be good okay it's gonna be a good one okay promises have been made. Yep. We are the money's been simul- spent. <laughs> simultaneously putting our hands on Bibles. We're swearing. We are swearing. That's right. Uh so yeah. Both been watched. Uh it's good. Um so before we get into falling down, yes. the winner of our last tournament that we've done. Yes. We should get into some, maybe some news. I uh, yeah. You want to do some news, Joel? You want to do news? Want to do news, news Troy? Want to do noise? Want to do news? You got news? Want to do news? You got news? Let's do some news. I got kind of Jack S for news. I got some right at the last minute here, but okay. uh, I got I got some nuggets. All right, some nuggets. Well, let's see what you think about this, JT. I got some remakes in the works coming down the pipeline. Okay, they're not for sure things yet. Uh oh, but. There's been rumors that there's going to be a Flash Gordon remake out in the, <laughs> the winds. Uh, what would you? Uh, what was your take? Did you see the original Flash Gordon? I don't believe I have. Heard the theme song. Good theme song. <laughs> it is a good theme song. Can't got, can't can't kill that queen. That's right. Um, it's okay. <laughs> the the movie, like it, I think you'd have to see it. Like, with the right crowd yeah, to really appreciate it. Because if you watch it kind of just by yourself, you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to make of this, really. 
Yeah. Is it trying to be campy? Like, I know it's trying to be campy. Yeah. But, like, uh, what angle are they going with it? So, <laughs> I've always like, heard the, the highlight of it is, Hawkman, die! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I saw this one with Duke Tritium, and uh, yeah. we both enjoyed it, but, like, I don't think I would have liked it if I didn't watch it with him. Yeah. That's kind of, like, where I'm at. Gotcha. And I think if they go to remake it, would you be in favor of a remake? I mean, I haven't seen the original, so I don't know if it's... Uh, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I... But from what I understand, it's campy enough where I guess it could be fun. I th- But I think it's just a product of its time. Yeah. Like, if it come out now, it's kind of like... I don't know. What's, what, it, I would think it'd be like trying to redo, like... The Shadow, or, like, a pulp hero now, where nobody really cares. And it was just like, hey, at this brief moment, it caught, like, cult status. Yeah. And doing a remake of it, I don't think anybody's gonna give a shit. Wouldn't have the the charm, I guess, of the last one. Gotcha. It'd be vacant. Yeah. Like, that Total Recall, like, remake that they did. (laughs) Just a bright, shiny new coat of paint over... Uh, empty husk of yeah. uh, a charmless movie. I never saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't terrible. <laughs> I heard it was fine. Like, but I was like, nah, no thanks. I don't want to see it. Um, So, there you go. Flash Gordon. Maybe a remake. Second one I got on my list, JT. Listen to this one. Yes. They're rethinking about doing H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. Okay. And this one has a few names already attached to it, which kind of perked my ears up a little bit. Um, drop them on me. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And Andy Muschietti, who is doing the It Chapter 2. He's directing that bad boy. Nice. And so those two names come up with you uh, with a little Google search with this uh, movie. All right. There was a Guy Pierce movie that came out in like 92 or 2002. Yeah. Of this. And I vaguely remember seeing Is that it. the one where like they go to like medieval times or something? No, I think they only go to the future. Like he jumps into the future. He doesn't mm. go into the past. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I think that the medieval times one is like Paul Walker or something is in it. I don't know. I don't know what that. I remember movie there is being a movie called The Time Machine, where it's like Paul Walker has to go back in medieval times to get his dad who invented the time machine or something. What? Let me look this up. The Time Machine with Paul Walker. I think it's Paul Walker. I don't not. Yeah, I don't think it's Mark Wahlberg. It's one of those two. Looking it up. Is it Timeline? No, it's Timeline. (laughs) Yeah, that's not it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The time machine, though. The one where a guy invents a time machine and just keeps jumping into the future. Yeah. I really like that. Have you ever read that book? No. It's really good, actually. Nice. It's like one of the actual, like, classics that I actually sat down and read that wasn't, like, an assignment. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And I think I remember vaguely seeing the guy pierce movie in like school like but maybe i i don't remember it all that well so maybe it wasn't all that good 
Hmm. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm stoked for this only because I've read the source material and I liked it. Yeah. And he goes so far into the future that people are like Morlocks or whatever and like monstrous people that are like cave dwellers. Is it like that episode of Futurama where Fry and uh, Doctor... Like the one doctor like keep going so forward in time they end up going into the past (laughs) or time is just a cyclical loop yeah and they just like creates again and they just stop right as where they left yeah yes it's exactly like that okay (laughs) uh jt i got some marvel movie news but this one is not yet in production marvel has announced that they are making an eternals movie okay i know we've uh, thrown a little bit of news out there about this. I find this hard to believe that they're going forward th- with this movie. What is The Eternals? So, I'm not even really all that sure, because I don't know too much about them. <laughs> they are that kind of obscure <laughs> of character that I couldn't even really give you a good yeah. a good definition of what Our they are. Our next Marvel film is going to be this character Stanley wrote on a napkin once. <laughs> So, I, I I vaguely know. They are, like, in Marvel's chronological, chronological history. Yeah. Way in the past. Uh-oh. There were uh, these, like, alien race, alien races that, like, did experiments on people living on Earth. And it broke them into three sects, which is... The regular people, yeah. The uh, underground dwell. I think they were the deviants, and they're like the the monsters that live under the crust of the earth. Yeah. And then there's these Eternals, which are like godlike creatures, and the Eternals are apparently what they're gonna be making this movie off of. So like these godlike creatures that like re- regular people conceived as gods, oh. but they're they're not they're just kind of just like another race of being sweet so this is just they're just gonna make this instead of inhumans probably <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so i i don't really care for this no, at all i don't give a shit but apparently it's already it's no not already it's going into production next year so maybe it it's gonna be it's going like kind of like late summer next year but yeah so it could still be pulled, but uh-uh. I have, like, no interest at all in this movie. Sounds like Marvel's about to jump the shark. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe it'll be the best thing I've ever seen. Who knows? They've got a pretty decent track record so far. Hey, it's it's got to fall apart sooner or later, Troy. Sooner or later. Uh, that's it true. Sounds like they're this getting, it. it sounds like they're getting desperate now. This is it. Um, Last bit of news I have, speaking of desperate. Yeah. Jim Cameron. Making Uh-oh. those Avatar sequels. Oh, God, yes. Did you see the yeah, titles? The titles, they all sound awful. Awful. If you don't know what they are, I have them written down right here. <laughs> Avatar 2. Yes. Its uh, subtitle is The Way of the Water. Oh, no. Uh, Jim, Jimmy Cameron loves his water. He does. Uh, he loves going to the marinara trench. <laughs> uh, Avatar 3 subtitle. The Seed Bearer. The Seed Bearer. going to be a lot of fucking in this one. Maybe. A man spilling his seed. <laughs> uh, number four. Avatar 4. The Tolkien Rider. 
Tolkien rider. So it's going to be a black dude on a motorcycle. <laughs> no. <laughs> It'll be a large cat creature on a motorcycle at the very least. Oh, man. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien <laughs> on a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be funny as hell. And Avatar 5. If you, if you haven't forgotten, they're doing four more of these. Avatar 5, The Quest for Iwa. The Quest for Iwa. E-Y-W-A. I don't know how you say it. I think it's like Awa. I, found, I don't. That like, that's supposed to be like their big god or something, isn't it? Awa? Yeah. Like it's that big tree that everything's connected to or some shit. Awa. Yeah. Iwa. Who cares? <laughs> Can you even imagine more of these coming out at this point? <laughs> you go so many years without none of them, and, and then we're gonna get they're going to go in a row. back to back to back to back Ugh. coming out. Ugh. One a year. Aren't they going to try and do two in one year? Are they? I they're going to Matrix heard... Reloaded I, it? I thought oh, I heard they were going to try and do two in one year. Oh my god. They pro- I think that might have been something think, we just made up. I think they're filming them all like back to back. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we said that they should probably do them all in one year oh. to get them all yeah, that, done that could and over be, with. That could be this, the thing too. Uh, yeah, anyway, sound shitty. But that's the last yeah. bit of news I have. <laughs> <laughs> and on a positive note, Troy. Always good. Oh, man. Uh... Got some news on that Kingsman 3, Troy. Okay. I know, uh, uh, well, I wasn't there for the review for uh, Kingsman the Golden Circle. Oh. That was you and C. Danger did that one. Look out. I hated it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was fine. I thought it was absolute dog shit. But anyways, Taron Egerton came out and said that he will not be in Kingsman 3. All right. I know they also they, they kind of leave it where he's kind of moving on. Yeah. In the uh, second one, so not a big surprise, but still the movie that made him and he is getting out of there. Getting out of there. Yeah, I uh I feel like they shouldn't do it if he's not in it. Yeah. Like he was like the star role. If they're trying to pass it off to uh Channing Tatum. Which yeah, even though like. he didn't do shit in the in the second one. No kidding. Yeah. He had like one fight scene, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm sick." Uh, turns out I'm gonna be laying down for the whole movie. Just lay and then down. Show yeah. up in a funny hat. Freeze me in a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. Then he shows up in a weird hat at the end, and everyone's like, "What are you doing in that hat?" And that's the end. <laughs> you really like you liked it. You liked Detroit. I didn't like his parts. <laughs> it was good. It was Listen, good. I went back and rewatched some scenes of it, and I thought they were f- pretty fun. Yeah, let's bring let's bring back a dead character by filling his head full of foam. That makes a lot yeah, of fucking I get it. sense. It breaks the universe. <laughs> I understand it. Let's put a but... bunch of fucking cock in his head. <laughs> That'll make him alive. I get how it breaks the world. I get it, <laughs> but few of the fight scenes near the end were pretty rompous good time <laughs> like okay. when they fought to that elton john song you can't tell me that wasn't fun yeah but i can watch that on or when that youtube guy got 
shoved into a meat grinder at the end to that word up remake. Yeah, I can I can watch this shit on YouTube. <laughs> That's I don't need to I watch the whole fucking <laughs> I don't need to watch a whole fucking shitty movie where I'm watching a relationship I could care less about and dumb plot hole filled fucking devices where you're bringing people back to life by filling their head full of cotton candy. Movie fucking sucks. I think we need to rewatch it. <laughs> after the sh- after the chance. shit you made me watch this week, Troy. Easy, save it for the next. Okay. We'll save, <laughs> save it. it. We'll for save the it. next one. We'll save it. Uh, Troy, we have a uh, Breaking Bad news. I just saw that. Uh, apparently, there is a spinoff film in the works. Okay, that'll be start shooting this month. And, oh my, uh, this month already? Yeah. Uh, is this a telly movie? Or is it a big um, screen movie? They're, they do, they're not sure yet oh. whether it's going to be on AMC or if it's going to be in theaters. My guess is going to be on AMC because I guess they are uh, preparing a bunch of uh, TV movies for a certain character from The Walking Dead. Oh. Did you hear about this shit? No, I didn't. Oh God, okay. I'll just say it right now. So, uh, the big thing from this past week is that uh, Rick Grimes had his final episode on The Walking Dead. I saw that news. And they were all about, like, oh, shit, man, he's going to die. Everyone tune in. And I guess the episode fucking sucks, because I guess it's just (laughs) him, like, he's on, like, this borderline suicide mission, and he's just talking to flashbacks of, like, previous characters that died. Uh Uh-huh. But... He doesn't talk to Carl or his wife. It's like a bunch of the, like it's like the ones they could get. Oh no! <laughs> like I guess he talks to he has like a like a conversation with dead Sasha at one point. Dead it's like, Sasha, who cares? Who, who gives a shit about Sasha? Those two, I don't even know if those two knew each other. <laughs> Did they ever talk? I don't know. But no, yeah, so it's just, they just got all of the dead characters they could get back to it so we got a flashbacks of like these conversations he had all right and uh it ends with him blowing up a bridge and then it looks like he died and then they find that he was blown onto a hilltop where some people on a helicopter pick him up mm. and he's still alive okay so this is all because amc's planning on doing three tv movies ha <laughs> A, okay. uh, a, like they're calling him the, the the Rick Grimes trilogy of okay. his further adventures away from the group. Boo. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm not watching The Walking Dead anymore. Oh my god. Sounds like absolute h- horse shit. It, yeah, it sounds like a ratings grab to the nth degree. Yeah. What a t- <laughs> what a cop out. Oh my god, if I would if I were to still be in this, which I'm not. At this point, I feel like I would be vaguely in it if I still watched it. And that happened at the end of that episode. I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. I I just listened to a review of it, and I said, fuck you. <laughs> They've done that with every major character yeah. that I've heard of. Every I... time, they're just like, gotta tune in. Something big's gonna happen to this character. Tune in. Mm-hmm. Tune in. This is, gonna be, this is gonna be this person's last episode. You better tune in and watch... How he how uh, what happens to him? Right, and then it's always well, he's not dead yet. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, and then they 
just go out in the most unceremonious way. Yeah. And then just like, oh, and, and then like, now they're dead. Yeah. And they don't even amp that episode up either. They're just like, ah, we tricked him once. Good. <laughs> good. good on them. Good. Troy. Yeah. People. Put out their sexiest man alive. People. Yeah. Magazine? Purple magazine. <laughs> Purple magazine. Extra, extra. Right, right about PayPal. <laughs> Idris Elba. Oh my. Is the sexiest man alive. Smoldering. Break me off a piece of that. <laughs> Does he won before? No, I don't think he has. Oh. Last Maybe. year was that fucking uh, country singer. What was his name? Because people kept putting out all those memes. Uh, Trace Adkins? No, um, the one from The Voice. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Remember people putting out a bunch of fucking memes <laughs> for, like, Sexiest Man Alive? <laughs> like, they were, like, doing some, like, Sexiest Man to just sit on a porch or some shit. Like, <laughs> I have a bunch of shit like that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sexiest man to sit on a porch. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Troy, a big fan of Shrek. I just rewatched Shrek this yeah. last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Still good. So, yeah, yeah, it's still good. Okay. I think it holds up quite a bit, and I it was it had a lot more adult jokes in it than I remember. Yeah. So I was like, "How about it? <laughs> Would you be up for more Shrek?" There were more Shrek movies. Yeah. Each with depreciating value, I think, to me. Well, guess who doesn't give a fuck? Illumination. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it DreamWorks that no, did it before? No, Illumination now has the rights, I guess. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. They are revamping the Shrek and Puss in Boots universes. And Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. <laughs> okay. Blake Shelton was the guy where... Yeah, you know, Blake Shelton. There we go. Porch sitter. The porch sitter. <laughs> so there you go. Poos and Boots and Shrek. Yeah. So he could have get some possible more Shrek down when, the line. When was uh, Puss and Boots introduced? The second one? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think it was the second one. I think the second one is the best Shrek. Which one? Ha what happened in the second one? It's the one where they go to uh, uh, far, far away, and uh, they meet Fiona's parents. I don't remember that one at all. That one's so good. Oh, Jesus. It's really good. <laughs> okay. Like, right. uh, Shrek turns into a human for like, a, for, like, the third act. Really? I don't remember this at all. Oh, man. You gotta watch Shrek. Shrek 2, I think, is better than the first Shrek. I'm gonna see if it's streaming. <laughs> I love Shrek 2. Like, the main villain is the fairy godmother. Yeah, none of this is ringing a bell. Maybe I saw it when it came out, but that would have been the only time. Oh, man, Shrek 2 is so good. Shrek 2, 2004. It's only got three stars. I, I love Shrek 2. It's on HBO now. Ooh, I might go back and watch it. Or you can rent it on Amazon Prime if you want to pay money for it. <laughs> I ain't paying for shit. Troy! Yes! Uh, we saw The Rookie. That's right. As a uh, addendum to our uh, TV 
test pilot season. Uh-huh. Well, it must be doing pretty good so far because ABC just ordered a full season of The Rookie. Okay. Have you, have you gone back to it at all? Nope. No, me neither. No. It looked good. <laughs> yeah, it felt good while watching it. It, it felt good. <laughs> the only ones that I've kept up on are ones that Chelsea will be watching in the background, the comedy ones. Yeah. And it's mostly just single parents and... Has single parents won you over yet, Troy? No, I'm just still not into it. <laughs> I just can't, like, even peripherally, I'm just like, God, I just <laughs> Shut can't. the fuck up. And uh, I feel bad every once in a while is on. Yeah. But that's it. All right. I think we, they've fully given up on uh, the one with the old people, Chelsea, what, whatever that one's called. Oh, uh, the cool kids or something? Yeah. She's given up on that one completely. Really? Not good. I saw like two more episodes of it, and it's just the it's the same as the first Ugh, one. Yeah, it's not any worse, not any better. Yeah. So yeah, well, they don't have any more Charlie Day. Like, oh, oh my god, we got a baby! Hey, come here! Are you wearing shorts on your head? Yeah. <laughs> you look like a like a chef. <laughs> a chef that cooks pants. <laughs> <laughs> Mace, you want to come here and say something? Here, come say hi. Now she just wants to destroy your she comic, wants to comic point book. at Batman's crotch. Yep. Well, she heard about that comic. <laughs> <laughs> hi, do you want to say something? Say hi. <laughs> say hi. She's headbutting the microphone. Can you, can you, can... What does a doggy say? What's a doggy say? <laughs> heavy breathing, trying what, to get to my Heavy microphone. breathing, what grabbing the microphone. What does a kitty say? What does a kitty say? Nice, meow. What does a kitty say? Ah, meow. Great. What does a snake say? Oh. Rattles. Is that, is that how a... <laughs> that's, how, that's how a snake flagellates. There you go. There's a there Batman. And now oh, she's going to break it. Oh, well. That's just my life now. <laughs> things are broken. I can't have any nice things. I'm a father. <laughs> uh, speaking of Batman, Troy, I got some news on oh. the Batman okay. film that is currently being made. I guess Ma- being made or may not being made. I guess Matt Reeves and Ben Affleck are rumored to have very conflicting ideas of what the Batman movie should be. They're both in still. For now. <laughs> They, uh, I, I figured at least both of them, at least both of them would not be making it anymore. Yeah. Night, night, ladies. Good night. <laughs> they don't care about me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, so there you go, Troy, that this Batman movie might be dead in the water. Trouble, trouble in paradise. <laughs> oh, no. Um, we heard earlier in the, uh, year, Troy, that, uh, Chris Evans is out as Captain America. Right. He's done-zo. He is done-zo. And there might be someone else who's done-zo. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch said in an interview that (laughs) in Avengers 4, don't expect a comeback because he said, and I quote, I'm dust. Oh. Cumbie. What are you so doing to Cumbie, us? Not, maybe no more Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's a shame. 
He was just getting good. I know. What? Benny Cumbie. Benny Cumbie. What are you doing? He did. I'm upset by that. I'm upset by that a lot. He didn't even put in like a three-picture uh, deal. Did he? I Oh, he was in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. For a minute. Yeah. So maybe, Hot minute. So maybe he did put in his three pictures and he's out. Probably. Too busy doing the Grinch. <laughs> Max. <laughs> uh, last bit of news, Troy. Uh, Brie Larson. She's currently playing uh, uh, Captain Marvel yeah. in the upcoming film. Yeah. Looks like she has her eyes set on a possible other badass chick. Ooh. She has said, has made it known that she wants to play... Samus Aran in a oh. Metroid film somewhere down the line. Okay. Sure. I don't think they've ever... I, I want to say they have been teasing a Metroid movie for all of my life. <laughs> uh, I don't... All my life. <laughs> I don't know, honestly, if it would make a good movie. I've never played any of the games. I haven't either. Um, and a lot of it just seems to be like in like weird cyber tunnels and stuff cyber tunnels yeah i <laughs> no <laughs> i i i don't know about that like good like if you want to play it and it's a good script sure sure go all four but like i until i see anything of it i'm just like i don't care about that so much yeah it's a popular character and it, it was a surprise that it turned out to be a woman underneath that armor. I know that's supposed to be is... the big. That's the big shocker of the Metro, first re- Metroid movie. Yeah, you take the helmet off and you're a girl. It's a girl, oh, cooties, oh, sick. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's cool. It was like this big, huge, cool, powerful character ended up being a woman the whole time, and it's like, oh, cool, what a twist! It's great. But then at at the end, I'm like, what, Tony the Tiger play this? Ew. Yeah, that's right. And ascot and everything. Huh? <laughs> but I, at the end of the day, I'm like, the, the it doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, oh, you can yeah. turn into a ball and roll around. You know, I don't know. You know, the Sonic movie's coming out. Sonic could do that. And, and who, nobody cares about anybody who can turn into a ball. It just isn't. <laughs> it's just. It's just not a. It just doesn't work. Not a flattering feature. <laughs> no. Who cares? You get kicked by kids. <laughs> yeah. what, are you, what are you thinking? Just shoot me, son. <laughs> kick me, boy. <laughs> Give me a good kick, boy. <laughs> Gotta practice your soccer. <laughs> and that's all my news, Troy. All right. I've got one trailer. I've got none, but I have a suggestion for a a channel that. That uh, just go ahead. Okay. I'll just I'll just go after you because it's just an addendum. <laughs> um. Well, they put out a trailer for Secret Life of Pets 2. Oh! And uh, you get to see uh, the main character being played by Patton Oswalt, not Louis C.K. I wonder why. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it still looks fun. I like the first Secret Life of Pets. I never ended up seeing it. It was fun. It was a fun, fun movie. All right. And... uh, the the trailer for this was just kind of like a scene from the movie, but it looked pretty fun. Like their the main dog, I think his name is Max. Actually, okay. There's so many Maxes, Max dogs. 
in films. But uh, he goes to the vet, and it's him talking to all of these, like, very mentally disturbed animals while he's in the vet. (laughs) Okay. There's just, like, these two Siamese cats that look out through a carrier and says, we start fires. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I mean, it it looked fun. And the first one was fun, so I'll probably end up seeing it because Molly loves this shit. All right. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Maybe I'll see it. And Macy likes that shit. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time she'll just be pointing and yelling at the screen going, yeah. Ooh! <laughs> so that'd be fun for the audience, I guess. <laughs> shut her up! It's my daughter, you asshole! <laughs> you better shut the baby up! <laughs> Fuck you, man! <laughs> Huck a full soda at him. <laughs> Why don't you come here and say to my face, motherfucker? <laughs> in the middle of Secret Life of Pets too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I brought in a beer to this kid's movie. <laughs> don't fucking touch me, man! <laughs> oh, I love those America! <laughs> I will fucking stab you! <laughs> uh, the only thing I got is this YouTube channel uh, called Aldo Jones. Yeah. And he just takes popular trailers that are out there. And he recuts them and, like, does, like, funny inserts in all of them. Like, he's obsessed with the Tobey Maguire emo Spider-Man. <laughs> and so, like, he <laughs> he's in it a lot. Yeah. And, um, like, for instance, he did one for the Avengers uh, Infinity War trailer. Yeah. Where instead of Thanos' head, it's the guy who owns Pawn Stars. Who's, like... <laughs> and it's all really well done, too. Like, yeah. It's, like, very well, like edited over top really yeah so like check that out aldo jones they're called aldo jones weird trailers okay and like i don't know how he hasn't got like a cease and desist or anything like that but like probably because it's so different because he has everything overlaid over it yeah and it's like sometimes it'll pause and go into like different shit and like he like a main running jokes are like the Ben Affleck Batman reading a newspaper. I don't know where it originated because I didn't go back and watch a ton of them, but, like, there's that, and, like, the emo Spider-Man is in it, the Tobey Maguire, and he's, like, flipping his hair and all that shit. It's... They're pretty good. They're pretty well done. Uh, I might have to look into this. This sounds like fun. Yeah. We'll we'll watch one before the night's over. Okay. I'll throw it up on the screen. Okay. Have a good laugh. I have a good chuckle. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's that's all I got. That's all I got for that. All right, Troy. Well, there's no deaths. No. No. No deaths. Okay. Well, that means we jump into our tournament random movies. Extra, extra. Extra, extra. People. (laughs) Idris Elba, sexiest man. Extra. (laughs) Break me off a piece of that Idris. (laughs) Extra. Uh, Well, we had The Meg versus Street Fighter. Just so you won, Troy. I can assume who won, because I got in on the voting, like, kind of late in the game on this one. Yeah, it's not even... (laughs) It wasn't even a contest, almost. (laughs) The Meg got knocked out, Troy. Trounced. (laughs) Yeah. I know you were... were That's, like, the one thing I think you said throughout this whole tournament, is I just don't want to fucking watch The Meg. (laughs) Now we don't have to. Now you don't have to. It is out. (laughs) Street Fighter has taken... The Good. cake. Good. I'm into it. It's like the one thing in this tournament that's gone my way so far. <laughs> Everyone is just... Everyone is plotting against me on this tournament. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm convinced of Troy. it. 
really, anytime I tip my hat to any side, that side loses. <laughs> so you just shut up now. Yeah, You're so just, now I'm not even going to I'm not going to lean either way. Thanks a lot, internet. Now we'll never know what Troy votes. Except I am glad that on this one, the Meg lost. So fuck the Meg. <laughs> and everyone else agreed with me. Well, with that being said, Troy, we've got another matchup this week. Jerry Maguire uh-huh. versus the Princess Bride. Okay. And uh, it's a pretty decent matchup. Yeah, it's I pretty good. It's two love stories. Yeah. All right. Both are very majestic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. Uh, but with that, of course, we got our trivia. Yeah. Eight questions, three facts from one movie, three facts from the other, and two that could be from either or. Oh, my. Scattered throughout. Your okay. job is to find out which fact goes to which film. Troy, you ready? I am. All right. Number one. The main actor in this film was hit so hard during a scene that it shut down production for a day Whoa. while he healed. Hmm. I'll say Princess Bride. It is Princess Bride, Troy. Oh, my. Carrie Elwes. Oh. Got knocked the fuck out. Andre, give it to him. Uh, I think it might have been uh, <laughs> Manny Patinkin. Oh, got it. I don't know. They have, they have some pretty drawn-out sword fights in this thing. That's true. <laughs> Number two, Troy. The love interests in this film were genuinely smitten with each other, and the main actor said that he found it hard to concentrate. Hmm. Mm, I'll also say the Princess Bride. You are correct, Troy. Oh. It is the Princess Bride. Okay. All That's right. right. Uh, Carrie Elwes and uh, Robin Wright. All right. We're uh, pretty fancy on each other. Hmm. Good job, uh, Carrie. Number three, Troy. Was... The script for this film was written over three and a half years. Uh, I'll say Jerry Maguire. That was Jerry Maguire. Okay. I don't know why the fuck it took three and a half years to write it, but... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have, like, a vague... I only have, like, a vague memory of what Jerry Maguire is even about. Like, I know I've seen it. Yeah. But I don't... I couldn't. I don't even think I've seen it. I couldn't even tell you like really what happens in it, because I don't think even when I did see it, I was just kind of watching it and it was on in the room. <laughs> like I wasn't really paying attention to it. Yeah, I don't know. But it was like when I was in high school. Like, I think he's like a sports agent. Yeah. And there's a That's, show me the money. Yeah, there's show me the money. I don't know. Is that one you had me at hello? Is that yeah? You one? had me at hello. <laughs> There's a secret garden she has. When they had like those songs where they played dialogue from the film. Oh yeah. They had a fu- like that, that for this and they had it for Titanic. Yeah. What's the kid's name of this? Ah fuck. He was like really hot when this movie came out. Yeah. And then he just disappeared into obscurity. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, he says fucking it once. <laughs> uh, fact number four, Troy. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Two of the actors in the film were having such a good time during production that while filming the last scene, they would make up reasons to get another take. Hmm. Is that a Cuba move? 
Is that a Kuba move? Uh, I'll, no, I'll say Princess Bride. Draw your four for four so far. Yes! It's Princess Bride. Woo! <laughs> yes. There's a red line there. <laughs> but no, that's, again, that's Carrie Ellis and Robin Wright. Okay. They had one last scene to film for the movie, and they kept making up reasons to get another take. All right. Uh, number five, Troy. The main actress in this film didn't have enough money to withdraw any money from the bank when she accepted this role. Uh, Jerry Maguire, I don't know. It is Jerry Maguire. Renee okay. Zellweger okay. was dirt poor when she took this role. Oh, okay. Didn't even have enough money to take money out of her savings account. Wow. Then she accepted She's the role. like a real person. Now, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is what's old Zellweger up to, huh? I don't know. Making Bridget Jones's ass <laughs> right now. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, number six. Yeah, number six. An actor from this film has said this is his favorite role out of his entire career so far. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'll go P -P -P Princess Bride. Troy, you are killing yes! it. Yes! You're killing Fuck. it so far. Yes! Mandy Patinkin as Inigo Montoya. Uh-huh. So that's his favorite role in his career so far. Okay. Number seven, Troy. Okay. Tom Hanks was the first person in mind for the lead role. Tom Hanks, huh? Uh... Uh, Jerry Maguire. It's Jerry Maguire, Troy. As Jerry Maguire. Yeah, huh? that's a weird fucking pick. Yeah, <laughs> but I w I couldn't go either way. I was like, "What do you replace Carrie Elwes?" <laughs> I don't know. He was about he was Carrie Elwes's age. Yeah, and he was younger and spryer, but he wasn't like that spry to be like a somewhat action hero. And he's um, not like doesn't have that dreamy look, you know. Like Carrie Illwes does. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, Troy? Oh, yeah, I don't. Who knows? <laughs> uh, last one, Troy. We'll see if you see if you can knock it out the park. All right. In nope. a 2012 interview, one of the actors in this film said that he gets approached by at least two or three strangers a day who quote his famous line. Uh, I'll say Jerry Maguire. Ah, Troy, Princess Bride. Really? Yes. The Manny Patinkin as Inigo Montoya. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Because I, I was thinking... Yeah. Was, show me the money. Show me the That's money. That's why I put it in there, because it was definitely God like... God damn. You could definitely go either way with it. Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> That's why I put 2012 interview, because I'm pretty sure he's probably said that before. Yeah. Well, I, I was also thinking of the guy... Um, who plays Rex also in Toy Story? Yeah. What's his name? I can never remember his, the actor's <sighs> name. But I would yeah. s suspect people say, Inconceivable to him. Oh, yeah. Like, any quotable line. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't... I, it was just a crapshoot. Yep. Well, I fucked up. Okay? <laughs> you didn't get, me, you right? didn't get a perfect one, Troy. <laughs> I suck. All right. So there you go. Jerry Maguire versus the Princess Bride. Troy, do you have a favorite in this one? You want to let the people in? I have no favorite. I can't play favorite. No fit. You can't? Nope. I can't. And I won't. <laughs> <laughs>
I want people to blo- to, to to vote with their heart. Yes. Go to the vote polls with your heart and vote for your with your heart. Vote with your heart. Yeah, everybody. That's right. Well, Troy, next week we've got what is probably the most racist matchup we've oh, ever had okay. on the uh, review of Turn Random Movies. It's Crazy Rich Asians versus White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's for next week. But this week it's Jerry Maguire versus The Princess Bride. We'll see who wins. All right. And moves on in the tournament. Look for that poll on the tweeters. On the tweeters. Get on them tweets. On the tweeters. Well, does that put us at the main event, JT? Troy, I believe this puts us at the main event. Well, let me get right into it then. Uh, You've been chomping the bit for this. That's the bit just being chomped. (laughs) Um, Let me get my notes. Oh, fuck. I just just deleted everything that I wrote. Oh, no. I just (laughs) ate everything that I wrote down. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, debuting February 26, 1993. Winter. <laughs> with a budget of $25 million. Ooh. Domestically made $40.9 million, Ooh, made that money back. And did not premiere worldwide. Ooh. So it's only debuted domestically. So 409 it almost, it probably made its money, yeah. probably broke even. Do you think this movie would make sense in another country? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh, it'd be like him complaining about all these little things and that they would be like, but we're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is. That's a terrible example. But um, Rotten Tomatoes has this at 73%. Pretty high for pretty high. Rotten Tomatoes. Now, now listen to this. IMDb has a 7.6 out of 10. Okay. Metacritic, because some of these were pretty similar, so I, I, got a, I ran the gamut of different reviews here. Yeah. Um, except I didn't write one down. Anyway, uh, Metacritic has at 56%. Ooh, that's a bit, a bit low. lower. Um, another reviewer called The Other View... Gave it five out of five stars. Wow, that's pretty high. And there's another one. I want to say it's uh, maybe iTunes. It has it on a 4.4 out of five. Okay. So uh, that's pretty high. That's pretty fairly high. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Wherever you look. Yeah. So let's say it's still pretty relatively high for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, it came in at number thirty-seven domestically in nineteen ninety-three, <laughs> <laughs> and it ranked number eleven in rated R movies in nineteen ninety-three. Jumps up the scale there. Um, and that's all the stats that I got for this one. All right. Well, yeah. Troy, since you're so well studied on this film. <laughs> What happened in Falling Down? I would love to tell you, JT. I'd love to tell you <laughs> I and can't the audience. Wait. I was going to tell you last week. <laughs> I've just been biting my tongue this whole time. Uh, Michael Douglas's character. Yeah. Um, has a bit of a, maybe a bit of a short fuse. He's at the yeah. end of his rope. Yeah. Well, Bill defends Foster. <laughs> That's right. He's... He, in the beginning of the movie, he's just like, everything's nagging at him. He's caught in traffic. 
His his window can't roll down. His heat's broken in his car. There's just like people blaring the radio and just kids laughing at him on the school bus and he's had enough. Yep. So he gets out of his car and says, I'm going home yeah. and just walks over the grassy hill and just starts his... shoots JFK. <laughs> <laughs> he crawls up on that grassy knoll and he shoots the president dead in his tracks. But he, craw- he jumps up over this hill and he starts his trip straight home. Yeah. And on his way there, he gets more angry and angrier the farther he gets because people are getting in his way and just, like, giving him just the the worst day ever. Yeah. And the farther he gets, the more progressively violent he becomes. Yes. And when he finally gets home and his whole trip there, there's a secondary plot with a police officer on his last day before retirement. Yes. Which I always love. Yes. <laughs> And he's trying to crack down the case on who's doing all these crimes. And it leads him to a... Str- they both are heading to eventually the same place. Ooh. And it's about right With there where you find out that there's something odd going on about old defense. And then you find out near the end that maybe Michael Douglas's character is not always cracked up to be. Oh, well, they... Kind of introduce it where you don't even know what he is. Right. <laughs> and uh, the mystery is somewhat revealed at the end. Yeah. Where it's, uh, well, we'll get there. Okay. But anyway, that's falling down. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, Troy. So you stewed on this for two weeks. Yes. Do you want, do we want to do any spoilers or anything? It came out in like ninety three. Yeah, well, it's just my my idea is like if we're reviewing something that's like more than a year old, people aren't gonna give a shit. Got it. <laughs> Ow, something bit me. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let me open up my notes here. Um, I had a good analogy. I think while watching this movie. Okay. Is that falling down is like if Ron Livingston's character from Office Space. Had a bit of a violent streak instead of not caring. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's... But then it does change. Like, my opinion changes, like, once you find out more about it. Yeah. Because I've never seen this movie up until um, t- this last viewing yeah. last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was, like, a guy just fed up with it. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he was taking all of his aggression out on the world around him that's just like just dogging on him and nothing's going his way and that's kind of the the gist of it yeah but there's more to it and he's maybe got more of a screw loose than just like having a bad day Mm -hmm. would you want to elaborate on that a little bit more did i I nail it yeah i think you're you're pretty much where i where i'm kind of am on it like i even uh I was kind of fascinated with it, so I even like went and I found like an interview. It's like a two and a half minute long interview on YouTube <coughs> they did with Michael Douglas. And uh, if you want, if you are into the movie at all, I highly suggest checking it out because it's pretty interesting. Like he kind of goes into. I'll bring up some of the facts that from it in this, but he kind of goes into where it's where like uh, defense is just kind of like uh, he's kind of like. A, a product of a older generation even though he is like he's like kind of like 
at this point, like his late thirties, early forties. Yeah. But like, he's like a product of like a really, of like maybe like the late fifties, early sixties. Cause even like the way he's dressed, he looks like, yeah. a, like straight out of the, out of the fifties, <laughs> the nuclear age or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So it's like <clears throat> a kind of like a man that's like on a pilgrimage through like, uh, a city that he's just, or, or like, or like, just like a culture that he's just not comfortable in sure. or familiar with. Sure, he didn't. <clears throat> he didn't change with the times, and he's upset that that's yeah. the case. Yeah, but I also do believe that there is some mental health stuff involved in this too. Right. Also, he's a mild racist. Yeah, he's not full blown racist. No. That you find you do you meet someone who's full blown racist in this, <laughs> and that's the only reason why I even say that because yeah. like you would you would think a racist is a racist, yeah, and that's mostly the case, yeah. But in this, like, I don't know if his care because right this is my full note that I have right in the beginning. Falling down was like Ron Livingston's character from Office Space. If he had a real violent streak and maybe a bit of a racist, yeah. <laughs> Because, like, the first stop that he has on his tirade, really, is this Korean grocery store in where he is trying to make a phone call, but he doesn't have enough change in his pocket to make the phone call. Yeah. So he goes in and asks him if he could break a dollar to this Korean store owner. He's like, no, you got to buy something. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, like, okay, I'll go buy a can of Coke. And then he, like... Goes to buy it, and it's like 83 cents. Yeah. And he's like, 83 cents? I won't have enough for the phone call that I need to make for the change I want. He's like, sorry, those are my prices. So he goes ape shit in the store. Yeah. He's like, this should only cost 50 cents. Yeah. And so the guy wants to beat... The Korean guy pretty much draws a bat on him. Yeah. To, like, whoop his ass. And then... <laughs> He Michael Douglas pretty much shoves him down and threatens him with the bat yeah. and fucks up his store. Just, yeah, just beats the shit out of everything. And saying, like, what does this cost? <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't know, like a dollar. He's like, speak English! Slow down and speak English! And I'm like, ooh, this is problematic already. And, and then he's just crushing everything in there yeah. until he finally gets back to the can of Coke and he's like, it's 50 cents. He's like, thank you. And he, like, opens the drawer for him, puts the dollar in there, and takes his change out, and then goes outside to make a phone call, oh, yeah. mini bat in hand. Yeah. I know, I like I like that where, like, as the story progresses, pro- progresses, like, the more weapons he collects get more and more violent. Yeah. Like, well, he, he first he yeah. gets the bat, then he gets the butterfly knife, then he yeah. gets the bag of guns. <laughs> Yeah, which he has for a while. Yeah. But it's like, all he does is take out those Uzis and just, like, opens fire on yeah many things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, from there, uh, he makes his quest to go home, and the whole time he's got, like, he's... It looks like he's just downtrodden because he's got holes in his shoes that he's stuffing with newspaper. Yeah. So he doesn't, like, <laughs> grind his feet all up. He just needs to sit down for a second, and while he does that, like, two gang members come up yeah. and, like, that, assault I him for being on their turf. Yeah, that's what I like the most about this is, like, <clears throat> I think it'd be way easy to make him, like, the villain in this movie if he was the one, like, approaching these people and, like, getting in their face. Right. But in every situation, he's he's the one that gets, uh, he's the one that gets confronted. Yeah. Like, in every situation, like, and with the store owner... 
he, it's like he just wants change, and the store owner's like, "No, you had to buy something." Yeah. Where all all he had to really do was just give him change for the for the dollar that he had. Right. And he's like, "Nope, you got to buy something." And <clears throat> yeah, and then it's the gang members that where he's on their turf, and then the restaurant where he wants breakfast, even though it's like three minutes over the time limit that they start they stop serving breakfast. Yeah. It's like all these things. Like yeah, he he. Don't get me wrong. He violently overreacts on every single thing that happens to him. <laughs> yes, he does. But it, it's never, he never looks for trouble. It's just that he comes across something that just doesn't allow him to have what he wants. Mm-hmm. And he, he just blows a gasket over it. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, if it wasn't for, like, the ending of this and kind of like the family drama that ends up, um, you find out more along the movie. Yeah. Would you consider this like a black comedy? Because at first I thought it kind of was. Yeah, there are some moments where it is kind of funny. Like when he's in the restaurant and he's just like asking people like, oh, how's your food? And he's like <laughs> holding an Uzi up to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like the whole thing, like the whole time, like the, he wants like change for a, like uh, the dollar. And he's like, no, you got to buy something. So he just wrecks a store and ruins that guy's life. Yeah. Like, it's like a funny, ironic thing. Like. Once he gets his change back, he doesn't have enough to, like, pay for the phone call or whatever it mm-hmm. is. So it's, like, it's kind of like a funny black comedy. Kind of like how Super is, I guess. A yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but once they start introducing, like, a family but then it makes you feel element, like And then it makes you feel like shit when you're, like, slowly realizing that he might have mental... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh god, oh, no, yeah. this isn't really. I was laughing at this guy that really needs help. Yeah, so it's kind of like a. It it definitely is like a drama, th- ah, thriller. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, not really thriller, but I think that'd yeah. be the category they they throw mm-hmm. it in. Um. <laughs> okay, my note on this was I thought he was a okay dude until he yelled at the Korean shop owner to speak English. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, maybe that's not right. Um, I also like in this, too, that there's the uh, Robert Duvall's character. Is that cop, like, on his last day. Pendergast. Yeah, before he retires. And, like, there's a lot of stuff going on with him, too. Yeah. I I think I thought uh, Pendergast was a way more interesting character than uh, Defense was. I was really yeah. digging. I was really digging Robert Duvall in this. I because I want to know what the heck is going on with his home life. Yeah. Well, I I, uh, <laughs> I took I took this as like uh, Robert Duvall and Michael Douglas are kind of like the polar opposites of each other. You mean yeah? Where like Michael Douglas is only seeing things through like what benefits him, right? And like uh, Robert Duvall is like super empathetic like he almost he almost kind of bases a lot of his uh police work on being empathetic towards people to like de-escalate situations yeah which i thought was really interesting because like you're so used to like movies where the he's like the rookie yeah (laughs) pretty much yeah like where like the detective was like always like hard-nosed and like just give me the goddamn information right but like with robert duvall like he's like he like is smiling throughout this entire movie. Right. He takes yeah. so much so much shit in stride. Like uh-huh. even like the scene when like they approach him with like a stripper like, like a stripper gram, and you can tell he's uncomfortable, but he's still like taking in stride. Like right. oh, you guys, yeah. you, you got me. You guys got me. You got it's me. even like a situation where it's like he's in a hurry too because they like <laughs> they, fi- they finally figured out where defense was right. and they have to get there. But he still stops me. He's like, "Oh man, you guys get, you guys are too much." 
it's like like dude you gotta yeah. be somewhere yeah. and it's still like that made me kind of nervous like antsy that i'm <laughs> yeah. like you need to get there and he's just like he's just entertaining like, and he's just like kind of like leaning back like well i can't i can't just leave i mean they paid for this i gotta kind of appreciate it <laughs> so he's just like like oh you guys you got me <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I love it. Like he's just all he's like that throughout the whole movie. Like he's such a fucking just nice dude. Yeah, I I wasn't into him at first because I was like I, I kind of want to just progress with Michael Douglas's stuff. Yeah, and it wasn't until like maybe the second or third time like you saw Pendergrass again that I was like okay. I'm kind of feeling this a little bit more. Yeah, and I like the way that it was intersecting with each other because like. Not only was it was his last day before retirement, but he's also putting together this case that, like, it seemed nobody was listening to him at yeah. all, even though he had very good probable cause yeah. and, like, good clues to follow up on this whole string of violence that's mm-hmm. tearing through the city, and everyone's like, ah, shut up. <laughs> well, you think of, like, L.A., like, there's so much of that shit that just goes on randomly like, even if there, like, is, like, small things that connect all of them together, like, no one's really putting it together. They're just like, here's a crazy person, here's a crazy person, here's a crazy crazy person. Yeah, but even, the, so, like, the wife of Michael Douglas, or estranged wife, yeah. um, that you find out later, yeah. like, even she is, like, calls the cops and is like, I don't feel safe with this. And they're like, well, has he ever hit you? Well, No. You're fine. <laughs> but like, there's cops that do that shit, though. But I, I know. I'm just saying for the... I don't care if it happens in real life, but for the purpose of the movie, I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, that That seems like you should follow up on that a little bit more. Like, yeah. if she's ner- actually worried that, like, for her safety, and you're just like, you'll be fine. It's like, that is a shitty police officer <laughs> that you don't really care about anybody's yeah. well-being. But... Police officers, especially, like, in Los Angeles, are super fucking busy. Like, they've got, like, calls out the ass. If you have this woman that's tying you up and says, you need to stay at my house all day because I think my husband is coming home, and then, like, you're there for hours on end and no one shows up, you're like, I got shit to do, lady. Like, I can't be babysitting your house 20, like, all fucking day. Like, I've got shit to do. That's too bad. (laughs) That's tax dollars. That's the people's tax dollars that work there. Yeah, not protecting and so serving. So you, I guess, so he want your tax dollars to go towards cops just staying at this woman's house because she thinks something's gonna come. Because she thinks she may house. be murdered. Yes, <laughs> I do. But I don't know. It's just I, like, I can see where they're coming from because it's like it's L.A. and like there's shit going on all the time. Like you get a call that there's a murder down the block, but yet this woman's like, I think my husband's coming home, <laughs> and they're like. Man, I got, I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> uh, we also find out that the reason that Michael Douglas is going home is because it's his daughter's birthday. Yeah, and he needs to give her a present. Yeah, and with the that's how who he was trying to call is to get a hold of his uh, wife, estranged yep. wife. Yeah, um, because he wants to get a hold of her, saying, "Hey, I'm coming home." Yeah. But you find out that maybe she doesn't want him to come home so yeah. much. Yeah. Maybe there's a bit of strife going on there. Mm-hmm. 
And I like how that opens up more as the movie goes on, too. Yeah. Obviously, she... We already said, like, she's calling a police to make sure, like, she's not murdered or whatever. So, you know, there's something going on there, even though he's never yeah. been violent before. Yeah. I, uh... And that interview that I watched with uh, Michael Douglas, like, he says that he compares it a lot to the Odyssey. Okay. Whereas, like, in the Odyssey, like, Odysseus is really cons- is considered, like, a hero throughout. Mm-hmm. And, like, like his, his whole goal is to get back home going through this strange land but he's always put in the frame of a hero throughout even mm-hmm. though he's battling all these different things that are standing in his way of getting home but in this they don't try and frame him as a hero at all like he's no it, he has the same motivations it's just that what he, what he does is what he does and you take it for what it is yeah and i thought that was really cool yeah it's definitely a <clears throat> twist on uh your expectations yeah because you would you kind of want to get behind him a few times. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, it's just like mild injustices that yeah. like he can't stand for anymore. And it's like little things here and there that a lot of people could probably get behind. But then there's like a few motivations that are like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. And that's what I like that it plays on that. But even with Pendergrass, it plays on the expectations because he's like a day away from retirement. Oh, yeah. You expect him to be and dead by yeah, the end of this. And he never does. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to ruin the end of the movie. Yeah. But like, he doesn't die at the yeah. end. I know. Yeah. Like a lot of the interactions that uh, defense has in this, it's a lot of like pretty much everyone in this like asks for it in some way. But like he always takes it to that limit where it's like, okay, I think he went too far mm-hmm. where like the shop owner is like, all you had to do is just give him change for a dollar. Like, why are you being such a dick? Yeah. But then it gets down to like, oh, now you're okay. Yeah. No, this is too far. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just, it, he just, it's like, like I, I understand his, his frustration and his anger, but it's like, then he pushes it just that extra level where you're like, oh fuck. Not even know what to think of you. Right. And uh, so the, um, just a tease of what's coming up on Monday is like a, a movie called Noise. And we'll get into it farther down in the show. But little things like this that are picking away at a guy who wants to just kind of like release and get back at society yeah. is a reason I picked that movie. Yeah. Okay. If you wanted the loose connection. Okay. Um, we'll see if uh, if it if it pump uh... <laughs> the brakes there, JT. Um, but uh, the the only time that I felt like this Michael Douglas was a bit of a hero, yeah, is when he wanders into the army surplus store, yeah, where things take quite a bit of a turn. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go on with like uh, he goes? He wants to buy shoes because his are like totally fucked so he wants to buy some boots and the owner of the army surplus store is the the most homophobic racist (laughs) nazi yeah ever you're right like he's just he's horny for racism yeah he is like (laughs) swimming in a sea of n-bombs and Uh f-bombs like in every single thing he says to michael Uh douglas yes (laughs) like even a gay couple comes in like i i'll Almost a laughably stereotypical gay couple. Yeah, one is like, <laughs> like wearing a mesh tank top. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure one is barely wearing a shirt. <laughs> but yeah, so he's just like mouthing off, just dropping f bombs all over him, uh-huh. and just come on, Steve, let's get out of here. Yeah, and shit like that. And then uh, 
like uh, some cops come in to the surplus store and the guy hides like hides like the Michael Douglas's bag of guns uh-huh. because he thinks that he's like a sympathizer because he's doing all this sh- like yeah he caught on to him like doing all this shit. In uh, like, the Korean shop and like those two gang bangers and like at this point too he's also like got the bag of guns and like shot up like this gang's car and all that yeah kind of so shit. he thinks that he's like by fighting against like min- minorities and shit because yeah. he yeah because he fucked up that dude's that Korean do- dude's store and he fucked up those like Mexican gang bangers right. so he's like you're for the cause man hell right. yeah yeah and like up to this point like you kind of think that he is kind of racist yeah but then it's like he fights back in a way where it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not you. Right. Like you kind of get the idea that, especially like for what he says at the end, like you still get the idea that he thinks what he's doing is just. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's got his own motivations and they're not racially charged. No, they just seem, (laughs) there's just a few points where it's just like, when he does say things like you need to speak English or something like that, it's like, uh, like if you're not fully, if you're not like a racist, you wouldn't say that. But, he, um, but, but well, I don't want it. I don't want myself to come off as a racist, <laughs> but I'll say like for a, for a person that is not used to that, it is frustrating. I think he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's not, he doesn't hate, this person because he's Korean. He's just yeah. frustrated that he doesn't understand him. Yeah. And I think that's... I, but he I, does have a line that says, like, if you're in this country, you speak English. Yeah, but that's more his frustration. It's not because he hates that he doesn't speak English. Okay. He wouldn't... He wouldn't... If the dude had subtitles underneath him, I don't think he would mind. It's just the matter of... I think that's what this... like one of the One of the big messages in this is that, like, on surface value, defense is a terrible person. Yeah. And this movie tries to peel the layers back a little bit to show that where he does have flaws in his own character, uh-huh. you can see that he still operates with the best intentions. It's just that he's very flawed and very disturbed and mm-hmm. needs help. Yeah. And so then he finally meets a guy worse off than him. Yeah. This Nazi sympathizer piece of trash. Yeah. And he's, like, confused that he would think that... Because it's, like, he doesn't see himself like this. No. Because, he like, he, the guy takes him to his back room, and he's like, look at all this stuff. Look at this empty can of gas. It probably killed so many... Derogatory word for Jews. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. And he just is like, why do you have this? And, like, there's, like, Nazi uniforms in the back and all this yeah. shit. Yep. And then, uh... He comes out to tell him, he's like, I'm not like you. Fuck you. You're piece of, you're trash or yeah. whatever. And then that's when the Nazi like comes against him and like starts beating the shit out of him and stuff. And yeah. this is going to kill him. Yeah. And like, but did you see the point where he's like, he's got Michael Douglas like pinned up against like a table and he's behind him and he's like, you're going to take this shit or something. Yeah. I did get like the idea that he was going to rape him. Yeah. Cause like he said like. You're going to go to prison. This is what it feels like to get in a prison. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, c- I can't remember it right perfectly, but, like, it it felt like it was, like, weird sexual repression that he was, like, aggressing onto Michael yeah. Douglas's character. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, it was just kind of ironic that he was dropping those F-bombs on the hey, gay man. dudes in the front of the store. It's like, 
But anyway, that guy meets his demise. Or does yeah. he? I think he's like the only person that Michael... Du or no, I guess the golf course guy dies too. But this is like the one guy that like he like willingly murders. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... But this is the one point where it's like... You're kind of back on like Michael Douglas. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, like he's good, a piece of shit. Good. Yeah, he's a fucking horrible person. Good job. Like, yeah. Like, I don't, I wouldn't condone murder in real life, but it's a movie. And like, good job, y'all, yeah. this dude or yep. whatever. Yeah. So, um, it, it was also kind of like fitting too that like, it, <laughs> I could see like this guy living now, you know, and like yeah. this current time no yeah i i thought that was really interesting too because like a tiki torch or some shit <laughs> when i uh when i uh was uh listening to that interview like michael douglas pointed out where it's like he like almost kind of phrased it where like he thought this movie would only just kind of be like a film for its time because uh -huh. it was like 92 where it was like thing like things were like just starting to like the culture was just starting to change like well, the LA, they filmed it during the L.A. riots. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. So like things were definitely starting to starting to change in that way, where like more people minorities were starting to to uh, to speak out, and like homosexuality and AIDS AIDS was being a really big thing around this time. Yeah. So it's like he kind of like phrased it where it's like, oh, I kind of see this as a, as a kind of like a film for its time because I feel like things are gonna things are gonna change in like in like the next ten years or so, but like. I almost see this movie as like it's like even more for a film for this time than it was then. Like mm -hmm. I feel like things are ramped up a lot more now than they might have been in '92. Like in some things, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I'll, this film is pretty poignant for today. Yeah, I, I do too. Like, cause like yeah, Michael Douglas he uh, defends like he has like a lot of problematic views, but that doesn't mean that people still don't have those views. Right. And it also doesn't mean he's a bad... Like, do you think defense is a bad person and all in all after this is over? Mm-hmm. Do you think that... Do you oh, think it was a, a legit question. Yeah. Um, like, when it's all said and done, do you think, in his heart, he was a bad person? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I think I do, at the end of the day. Really? Yeah. Just because he... He seemed to have like malintent even towards his like wife, and that's like the like a tipping point for me there, where it's like he, he was, he was ready with a gun at the end of the movie with his wife and yeah. daughter, and I'm like, uh, so like I I feel like he want, he legit loves his daughter and he legit loves his wife. But, like, when they would... I feel like if they never reciprocated that, he would get, like... He would, like, turn to straight evil. Yeah. Like, eventually. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's... it's but it's, it's really up because... Yeah, it's his, really up in the air because you don't know what he really intended to do on right. that dock. Yeah. And his head... And being that he's not mentally healthy either. Yeah. Which I'm like, I... It's, it's a hard judgment call. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, like I I feel like he's pretty cognizant of what's going on. Yeah. Um but see like I don't I don't know if that makes him evil. Like you well, I, I mean evil is a strong word, yeah. but I feel like he's like a not a but, real great yeah, guy. Yeah, but you think like how many people use the word evil for 
everything that happens today. Like yeah. everything is so black and white in this country. Like you yeah. either you're <laughs> yeah. either really good or really evil. Yeah. So it's like it's so it's so hard to like like you would watch like a defense on the news and be like, oh, that guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like not even knowing anything about his backstory, what led up to this, like what is, what he went through before this. Uh Like it's easy to just like see the image of him holding a gun next to his wife and daughter and be like, that's a piece of shit. Yeah. But I think this movie tries to challenge you where it's like, like, is he really a terrible person? Is he really, is he really like someone that's not, that can't be redeemed in any way, shape or form? Is he just meant to, should he just be killed? Should they, should he have just been oh. killed? Like in the very beginning of this movie, does he, does he even deserve to live? Like wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a harder question. But like, but no, but that's, it, it, it's, it's, it, it challenges you where it's like, okay, so if he's pure evil, then why, why should he exist? I I don't know that existential question <laughs> at all. But, but I like the more that comes out about him throughout the movie though, it makes me uneasy because I would say no, he's like a man on a mission and because it's a movie like I can take like a lot of like myself out of it and like I, I don't care that he's like shot up a whole like gangbanger's car or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm along for the ride for that one or whatever. Yeah. But, like, when it comes down to, like, he was not even going to work, <laughs> like, yeah. in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He, was he had a fired... briefcase with a sandwich and an apple in it. Yeah, he was fired a month previous yeah. or whatever time frame it was. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was he doing all day the whole time? Because, like, he was staying with his mother at the time. Yeah. She just assumed he was going to work. Yeah. And he wasn't. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And so, like, all those little details, like, you're getting... You don't get, like, the full-fledged story. You kind of have to piece it together yourself and, like, what you think he's going on Mm -hmm. with him. But I really don't think it was anything really good. I think he may have been plotting something bad. But the way the movie frames it, it feels like a lot of what he does is just spur of the moment. I like do, if he I was agree, if he was plotting like, it, like why would he have been in the middle of rush hour traffic and just leave his car? No, I agree. I'm like I'm not saying like he was plotting to do something that day, and what he did on this movie is like what he was planning. I'm just saying like I there's something fucked up about that. Whereas like yeah. he's going off to somewhere. I'm assuming because he worked for like the millet like I, I don't know what it was like some. Yeah, he, like, missile, yeah, like he was like he worked on missiles or something. So like I can't imagine like what he was up to was any good. But yeah, and but the way they phrase it, it's like uh like he says that he did stuff for the government. Like he did all this shit he he worked for the American government while well, this shit he did he did for his country. And so it's like so they tossed me aside when they didn't need me anymore. Yeah. My wife divorced me. She's like not doesn't want me to see my daughter, so it's like all of these, like, there's probably really good reasons for not having them. Like, he's definitely mentally unstable enough where I'm pretty sure his work would fire him just for that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the things that they show when he's, like, watching those home videos where, like, he just gets violent over the dumbest shit mm-hmm. is, like, you can see why his wife, like, divorces him and yeah. then why he, she doesn't want him around their kid. But it's, like, he doesn't see it that way for himself. He just sees it as, I did everything that I was taught to do growing up, like, 
be a man that's a breadwinner for your family and yeah. always do this and always do that. And then I see myself as being the perfect uh, embodiment of that, but yet I still lost it all. So yeah. that's not fair. Right. And then that's him like now trying to take it all back, but he's taking it back in the wrong way. Right. And it's it's not it's not for us to to like like it is wrong. Right. But it's not for us. Yeah. But like, he's just. <laughs> if you say it's not for us to decide, but no, it's not that, for, no, 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 it's not for you us. You ask yeah. me to decide if he's good or bad. <laughs> I've been like, you fucker. <laughs> but no, but that, but this, that, that's what, that's what this movie asks. It's like you see it through his eyes. Like he sees himself as a wronged individual. Yeah. And it's up for us to be like, oh, so because he feels this way. That means he's not, he's irredeemable. And well, from movies that's come out before and after this too, this type of character would be seen as the hero if it weren't for this other like back history yeah. that you get to like know from him throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. You would be rooting for this character like, type. Yeah. Like the only reason he's, he's like the protagonist of this movie is because he's the one we're following through most of it. Yeah. And he's not the worst person in it. Yeah. Like, there's like <laughs> gang members in it that want to kill him right off the bat for just yeah. walking across a lawn. Yeah. And like a total racist prick asshole. <laughs> and like, there's people worse off than him. So there's points in this where you're like, yeah, you want to see him like conquer these people. But at the same time, like he's also not great. Yeah. But, like, he's just the lesser of the two. Yeah. But, no, I think that's what makes him so interesting is that he is so in his own world. Like, you, he can't be persuaded that what he's doing is wrong because he only sees it from his perspective. And his perspective is, I just want to be at my daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. It He doesn't care if, if he's too – what he does is too dangerous around her or his ex-wife – or the people around him, he just wants to be there for his daughter's birthday. Yeah. That's all he sees, but everyone else around him sees that he's this fucking raving lunatic with a bag full of guns <laughs> that's causing chaos in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all it's all perspective. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. He's yeah. the hero in his own story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I love the, the character of Pendergast in this, because... He is so empathetic, and he almost kind of sees that. Like, he doesn't want to all all right-out kill defense because right. he knows what he's going through. Right. Because he, he has more than more than enough opportunity to kill him. Uh-huh. Even when he sees him holding his gun, holding that gun next to his family, he's like... You can see in his eyes where he's like, I should probably fucking kill him. <laughs> like, but no, he, he still right. tries to, to uh, use his is methods to de-escalate the situation because he knows what he's going through. He knows he it's like he sees what defense sees in himself and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to punish him for not understanding what why people are acting the way he is they are around him. Um yeah. Uh not to derail this conversation a little bit, but like there's a little fun fact that I found that um near the middle of the movie there's a point where Michael Douglas's character is like kind of walking around downtown and outside of a bank there's a man uh like protesting the bank because they didn't give him a loan because it was economic uh, I have it written down economically viable to give him a, a 
it was not economically viable to give him a loan. Yeah. Most likely because he was a black guy. Yeah. And he's outside protesting. But what's cool to see that they made sure to show this in the movie, he's dressed exactly the same as Michael Douglas's character. Really? I forgot. Oh, he's man, got I the that. horn room glasses. He's yeah. got the same shirt, pants, and tie as yeah. Michael Douglas. They don't draw any real attention to it, yeah. but he's dressed exactly the same as him, and That's he's like awesome. causing a ruckus outside because he's also downtrodden, yeah. just like Michael Douglas's character yeah. is. So it's like another little cool thing that this movie throws in that's like, you you want to root for like the downtrodden person, yeah, but like everyone's got like their demons with it as well. Oh yeah, and so like you gotta like take the like all that with no, a but... grain of salt, but um. You were also bringing up two. I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was, you said like this movie was like a product of the time. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because like I didn't look at when this movie came out until after I was doing research on it. Yeah. After the movie, because I thought this movie came out. It felt like it came out in the eighties. Yeah. And it didn't. It came out in ninety three. Yeah. Um. But like that, it it almost kind of shocked me a little bit. I was actually surprised to see it. Yeah, and I don't I don't know why, but maybe it's just because of like maybe the bit of homophobia in it and like the racism. I felt like lived more in an '80s movie yeah. than it did the '90s movie. But then I was thinking like, but Friends came out, <laughs> and they have like I don't know like Friends came out in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and. That is like mild homophobia in it. Yeah, I'm not saying they go full <clears throat> racist in it or anything like that. So it's oh like, man, dude, homophobia has been around. Like homophobia is like pretty prevalent up until like the even the late two, even like yeah, the late two thousand. <laughs> yeah, like it's just now getting to where it's like not a joke anymore. Yeah, not a joke anymore. <laughs> and even then, like still some people do, and it's like yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, but then also, like, I also found out weird that Joel Schumacher directed this movie. Yeah, I know. That really threw me off. Because, like, I all I know from him is the freaking Batman movies. Yeah. And, like, I didn't look into any of his other filmography until, like, I was looking into this. And I'm like, Joel Schumacher directed this? Like, yeah. it is nothing like those no. Batman movies at all. No, yeah. And, like, in, in, in certain ways, it does get very animated for... I think the subject material, that's the one thing that throws me off from this, is that there are, like, scenes in this where I'm, it's, like, I can see that they're trying to do the dark comedy thing with it, but yeah. there are scenes in this that go on kind of long that kind of take away from the subject where you're, like, okay, we can kind of cut this yeah, a there, little shorter. <laughs> there was a few, uh, a few things where I was, like, I need to get back to... Like, if it wasn't Pendergrass on screen or Michael Douglas, and it was kind of focusing maybe on, like, the wife a little bit, I was kind of like, I, okay, yeah. I, I get this. Just kind of yeah. get back to where I need the action yeah. here. Even the stuff with Pendergrass' wife was a little out yeah. there, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I know, I can see why they did that. Yeah, but even then, like, it has a payoff. Yeah. But I feel like they spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. Well, I think that I think they almost kind of which I really like is that they almost kind of show Pendergrass is very empathetic, and they also kind of show why that how that is a detriment to him too. Yeah, where like he feels so behold beholden to this woman that he's flushing his career down. The, that that that's the reason why he's retiring. Yeah, 
is because she doesn't want him there anymore. And like, because of this one thing that happened where it's like, he should, he should be more mourning that as opposed to, well, I'll just say it because <laughs> we're not even, we're just spoiling it anyways. <laughs> so like he pretty much <clears throat> married like his high school sweetheart, which was like, I guess when she was in high school, like she was like super hot, like very, like supposed to be like very skinny, very beautiful. Everyone wanted to be with her and stuff. And he ended yeah. up marrying her and then he wanted to have kids and she didn't, but he talked her into it. So she had a kid and then they had a kid together but then the kid died of like SIDS at like two years old, which yeah. is weird. That was so sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like legit broken up about it. Yeah. And one scene I was like legit like holding back yeah. tears. Yeah. But but after that, he doesn't I don't think he gives himself enough like time to mourn that because he thinks back to his wife because now it's like he's waiting on her hand and foot because he feels bad because now here he he was like actually trying to think for himself being like i want to be a father i want to father a child and then that child dies and now they have nothing to show for and now his wife is not this skinny like attractive woman anymore she's like a little more she has a little more weight on her and she's like just kind of broken up about her altogether so now he feels like in a way like he broke her and now he has to wait on her hand and foot which means he has to pretty much retire from his job forcibly which uh-huh. he doesn't get he can't get his pension yeah because he's getting out way earlier than he's supposed to yeah and he's moving to a place in arizona that is that he fucking hates uh-huh. all they fall for her because he feels for her and he wants to he wants to help her where it's like you can see how that empathy goes both ways where it's like yes you can be more understanding of people but then it also causes you to put all put your needs aside for somebody else mm-hmm. and i like that that's why i think pendergast is like probably the most interesting character in it yeah i would i agree with you 100 percent on that um let me just check my notes real quick because we're approaching pretty much the end yeah um the movie uh all culminates they all meet at the same place and this is where the part where i thought like pendergast is gonna get shot up yeah he never does. No. But they meet at uh, a dock um, where Michael Douglas, like, kind of deducts that his wife and child have run off to because that's, like, his wife's favorite place. Yeah. Which, why would you go there? I have no idea. <laughs> I thought it was the dumbest move ever. But anyway, he goes there and they all meet up there and it's kind of like a standoff. Yeah. And, and I, I do like that they... That it's Pendergrass and it's defense that are facing off because uh, I think he's like the they set up Pendergrass where it's like he's the only one that would allow defense to realize how fucked up he really is. Yeah. Because he's not going to go in guns blazing like everyone else has this entire day to him. Right. Like everyone is so confrontational to him and Pendergrass is the only one that approaches him being very understanding. Right. But yet he still pulls a gun on him. That's when defense is like, "Oh, I'm the bad guy." Yeah. And then that's when he just like loses all all hope. Right. Because everyone else has been so in his face all day, and he's always put himself as the hero in every situation. But now right. he's in a situation where he can't be the hero because the guy did legit try to help him, and he's still put in the situation where he's like, "Oh shit, here's this guy that tried to help me, and I'm still put in the situation where he's pulling a gun on me. I must be the dickhead." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I even like the uh, the twist where 
he goes to like he says he's got like another gun in his pocket or whatever like that. Yeah, and he draws on him, and it ends up being a squirt gun. Yeah, but like Robert Duvall shoots him anyway. Well, yep. like he shoots him before he knows it's a squirt gun. Yeah, but like at the end, he fell down. <laughs> he fell right yep. off. He fell down. He fell right <laughs> yeah. off the dock. The movie was true to its title. That's there all I go. wanted to see at the end. <laughs> I just want to see a guy fall down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a pretty fitting ending. I thought it was re- yeah. pretty well done. Yep. And then uh, Robert Duvall ends up going back into the police force because he uh, realizes how good how good he was at his job. Yeah. Because I think they insinuate that after his daughter dies that he just kind of takes a desk job because he kind of loses... Y- yeah. He kind of loses the... The love of the of the job, right? And yeah, he's more of like a pencil pusher. At, yep. Instead, yeah. Um, and he does uh, tell off his wife in it. Yeah, uh, he does kind of stand up for himself a little bit more at the end. Yeah. I at first I thought she had like uh, mental issues. Did you kind of get that vibe? Maybe, but I think it could still be. Like, they don't really tell you when the daughter died. I think she could still be kind of going through issues with that. Maybe. But I didn't think she had, like, much sympathy for the daughter anyway. I thought that was, like, a whole thing. Well, well I, 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 they don't really show a lot of her. Like, every every time they show her, she's on the phone with him, and she's, yeah. real, and she's just nagging on him to be home. I think most of that is just that she just can't be alone. Well, I got that, too, but I, there's a few, like, the early calls... Where he's, like, trying to talk her down on the phone. I thought she was, like, not mentally stable, like, enough to be alone. And I'm like, man, like, he... And that's why I immediately thought of him as super caring and sympathetic. That, like, his wife at home is, like, has this problem. I don't know why he's not there taking care of her (laughs) at the point. But, like, he needs to bring in enough money to, like, support, like, his family. Because his wife's not healthy and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that's the case. Well, that's the way it comes off of, at least to me, yeah. earlier in the movie. Well, I think I'm, may, I'm I just kind of like uh, determined it as like she, uh, being home alone. It's just it's her being left alone with her thoughts, and she okay. wants someone else. She just wants him home so that she has something that can kind of calm her down. Yeah, because it. it it's probably pretty traumatic to lose a two-year-old child. Yeah, I would assume so. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I think it's just her kind of like, it's just too much for her, and she just wants him home. Yeah. And I think uh, Pendergrass is so good at hiding how he really feels that he's just kind of bottling it up and like letting, letting her vent, vent to him and trying to take it all on on himself. Yeah. Because a lot of that, like you, you when you realize what he's been through all those smiles he has like you kind of wonder like how much of that is through gritted teeth almost yeah where it's like this guy's been through a lot and he's still putting on this this like smile where it's like man you look like you need to cry (laughs) (laughs) like you just need to fucking ball your eyes out like you've been through you've been through too much shit and you're like like every (laughs) like everyone he talks to like he almost kind of takes their problems on himself yeah in or at least way. go through a rampage through L.A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or it's like, he's, I don't know, he's just super interesting. Right. But I also like, too, that it's like uh, Michael Douglas and... Um, Robert Duvall. Thank you. I almost said Robert Redford. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> They're like almost exactly the 
they could be the same character, but they handle things very differently. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, like cool. if, if uh, Michael Douglas were to lose his, his daughter, he probably would have gone on a complete fucking rampage. Mm-hmm. But instead, like, one keeps his cool and one, like, blows his top. Yeah. So I, it's kind yeah, of cool. no, yeah, you see... You see Michael Douglas lose his shit over the smallest things, and here's a guy that lost his daughter, and he's just like, okay, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> right. Let's figure this out. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, you got anything else to say about uh, falling down? No, not not really. Like, I, what What's your grade for since you've been stewing on it for so long? I'm really curious I what you think. I really enjoyed it. Like, this movie is considered, like, a classic at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe even a like a bit of a cult classic more, but I, I I really enjoyed it and stewing on it and actually having this conversation about it made me I think appreciate it even more. Yeah, I think I'd probably give it like an A minus. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm pretty close to there with you. I'd give it a very for for me. I'd give it a very very enthusiastic B plus. Yeah. Because I really I thought especially for like these times where it's so like people are so on one side or the other in terms of like politics and shit. Mm -hmm. Like it's, this was like a really good one to watch where it's like you take someone who has these, like these strong feelings and they don't act, they act on them in the completely wrong way. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, you can kind of see how people can like, have that mindset in a way mm-hmm. and like be driven to this kind of this mindset and this ideal and like what they do. Like it, it makes you like think about like if next time, like you see like a terrible like attack that happens where it's like, okay, so, but what drove that person to that? Like, are they really this terrible person? The news is telling me, or did, mm-hmm. did they go through some things? Did they just not get the right help they need? Did they not, did did they just not meet the right person that could lead them on the right path? Like, was yeah. there was there is, was there potential to to help them in some way? Right. Where like throughout this whole movie, like you're you you just bob back and forth between oh he's an asshole oh well maybe he's good or maybe he just needs the right amount of help like you you just never really know what to do with him right. <clears throat> and I think it it like all that that inner turmoil you have with yourself i think is makes this movie really interesting and then Mm -hmm. pendergrass is fucking awesome i fucking love him in this so yeah i got a very very high b plus for me i i really enjoyed it sweet deal i'm glad we're on the same page with this yeah we'll see what monday has to bring we will see what monday has to bring uh but before what monday has to bring jt is there anything else you were into this last week well, uh, me and Molly saw the Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. In theaters, and uh, it it the music's fun. Oh boy, the music's fun. <laughs> oh boy, it's I. You know what? Mm, I heard one of those fucking biopics that I don't even think they even fucking cared what the facts were. Oh really? Yeah. I kind of heard that same thing that like. The music's great, but the, it's just a meh story. I mean, they even they blatantly lie about Freddie Mercury's life in this. Because mm. the whole big denouement of the whole movie is them playing at Live Aid. Uh-huh. And 
they make it where it's like, oh, we got to get together because Freddy's got AIDS and we got to play it live aid for him and shit. Freddie Mercury didn't find out he had AIDS until three years after live aid. <laughs> and they also insinuated that Queen broke up because Freddie Mercury wanted to do his own solo career and shit. Freddie Mercury did have a solo career, but Queen never broke up. So they okay. make this whole thing where it's like, you changed, Freddy. You're not one of us. And then they sure. fucking, fuck you guys. I don't need you. I'm going to do my own solo career. No, that shit happened. <laughs> Freddie Mercury just did an album without Queen once. And then he was like, yeah, this sucks. I'm going to go back with Queen. And they were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what really happened. But the whole movie frames it where it's like this big falling out. And then they all had to come together at Live Aid because they found, they all found out Freddie had AIDS. Oh, boy. None of that shit fucking happened. I don't know if I like that at all. And they even, like, play it up where, like, they have this evil manager where... What? <laughs> yeah, they do, like, this whole evil manager thing uh. where, like, he just keeps pressing Freddy to have these crazy parties, and that's what gets him to have AIDS and shit. Oh, no, an where AIDS party. Like, yeah, it's so... Ugh. Man, I, I gotta stop talking about it, because I'm just gonna end up hating it the more I talk <laughs> about it. But I'm like, I mean, like... <laughs> I wasn't, like, bored. I didn't, like, super hate it. It's just that this movie just didn't give a fuck about facts. And uh. it, it's one of those biopics that is, always drives me insane that these biopics where they fucking, they have one scene and, like, four or five, like, very crucial moments for the band happen in this one scene. Oh, okay. Where it's like, they're having dinner at Freddie's house, and he's like, I'm just going to turn my name to Freddie Mercury. And then they get a phone call, and it's like, hey, we got signed to a re record label. Where it's like, bullshit, that fucking happened. <laughs> that you decided to be Freddie Mercury the day you got the phone call that you guys got signed to a record label. Uh -huh. Bull fucking shit. Yeah. Like, they, and this movie's chock full of those fucking scenes, where it's like three or four, like two or three or four, like, influential things that happen to the band all take place on like a day or it's like oh i just i just uh, wrote the melody i just wrote the melody to bohemian rhapsody oh now i'm proposing to my wife like bull fucking shit <laughs> that happened the same fucking day <laughs> uh, like i hate shit like that like yeah. you know that didn't happen i was excited for this movie too Ugh, yeah but, like, I, uh, the more it comes out about it, I'm just like, maybe I'll just wait to go check it out. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd say wait. I it, Chelsea really wanted to see it, but I kept, I just keep hearing that it's just meh. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to go see a meh movie. This is nowhere, I don't think this is anywhere near, like, the actual story of Queen and Freddie Mercury. Like, yeah. it's just, they took facts that people knew about him and they just put it in a very dramatic way and then you give a fuck if it's true or not. That bums me out because I want to now. I just want to see the Sasha Baron Cohen one. I know. <laughs> God damn. It, it made this made me want to go and watch the fucking Live Aid concert video though because they pretty much recreate the entire Live Aid concert. I heard uh, an interview with Romy Malik, um, and he said he about the same thing. And he also said that that was their first day of shooting was the Live Aid. Really? Concert. Yeah. Holy shit. And I was like, damn. And so he's like, yeah, that took like. A week to shoot, or like four days, or something like that. Yeah. But it was like the first thing they shot for the movie was yeah. that. It's cool. I, I mean, it, it like the way they have it all laid out and stuff. It's cool. It's just 
you know it's not real. Like it's not Rami Malek's actual voice. It's not yeah. actually being played in front of thousands of people. So yeah. more or less, just made me want to go and watch the actual the concert. <laughs> yeah, because the footage's out there. Like it made me want to just watch that. And where I'm like, oh, I'm watching a a very dramatic recreation of it with random shots of people that you meet throughout the movie going, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. So, I mean, I mean, if you're a huge Queen fan, I think you're going to have fun with it. Like, there are, they do, like, some cool stuff where, like, they show how they kind of build some of their more famous songs. Like, you kind of see it, like, how the inception of it up to when they actually play it in concert. Like, some of that stuff's kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, beyond that, it's, I would wait on it. Okay. I can do that. There's also a really fun scene with Mike Myers in it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, I won't ruin it for anyone that wants to see the movie, but I'll tell you after we d- get done recording, re- just remind me because there's okay. a really funny scene with him in it. Writing it down. Mike Myers making and, a comeback. <laughs> and uh I saw the movie Skyscraper with Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's dumb. <laughs> But for some reason, these these like shitty Dwayne Johnson action films, I have a fucking ball with them. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's just because I'm renting them and watching them. But I, every time I watch, I'm like, God, that was fun. All right. This is the, the even even in its most dumb moments, I'm like, I'm still having fun. Question. Yeah. Did you like it more than Bohemian Rhapsody? I think I liked it more than Bohemian Rhapsody. Ooh, look out! <laughs> <laughs> look out, y'all. Yeah, like right. this and Ra- like this and Rampage were probably were were, were pretty fun for what they were. Right. And there's some dumb moments in both. But holy shit, <laughs> like it's just not just just take the fact that Dwayne Johnson is a superhuman person, sure. And you just go along with a ride. All right. Even with one leg, the man can do no wrong. He can still kick ass. She, even more ass almost. <laughs> Oh, great. That that's it. Um I haven't really been into much of anything this last week, really. Yeah. I've been trying to read more Batman, so I've been reading more Batman, but gotcha. that's That's just par for the course at this point, JT. I I actually I caught up with um The Good Place. I'm current with it now. Oh, sweet. So we can we can uh, talk about it we on a weekly talk basis. About it. Hello. That's right. Uh, so I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. Very good. God, all that shit they're doing with like when they're like trying to like redeem their family members. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. The uh, fucking the the energy drink axe body spray. <laughs> oh my god. Like, do we... you spray or do you drink it? Both. <laughs> Bringing Donkey Doug is his Donkey Doug's dad. dad. Why don't you just call him Dad? Because he's Donkey Doug. <laughs> you can call me Donkey Dad. <laughs> nah, just call me Donkey Doug. <laughs> God. That was so good. <laughs> Pill boy? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been doing that. And I also, I just watched Shrek this last weekend. Too, all right. So, there you go. Shrek. Now go watch Shrek 2. still fun. Go watch I, Shrek 2. All right. You got it. You know what I was... There were points, though, where I'm like, yeah, I like Shrek and all that stuff, but, like, you know what's fucking weird? I just wanted to see them do sing that Smash Mouth song at the end. 
it was it's fucked up i shouldn't like it but i'm like that's all i wanted to see really at one point i'm like i've had enough of this just go to the all-star song or whatever it is i can't remember which song it is but it's like an unbeliever yeah i'm a believer i was like just sing that song and then i'll be done with this but uh maybe i'll check out shrek 2 macy seems to like she responds to shrek shrek 2 is good shrek the third you can skip. I will. I have the opportunity to skip it. I will skip. Yeah. Do not watch Shrek the Third. I want to say, is... say I've seen Shrek the Third though. It's not good. I don't remember. Probably not. I didn't even. I didn't even watch the the fourth one. I just remembered there was a fourth one when I looked up Shrek for on IMDb for whatever reason. No Shrek two. I I I would say Shrek two might be better than the first one. Oh, I, I would I would love your opinion on whether or not you think Shrek 2 is right. better. I'll see if I can fit it in this weekend. But okay. This weekend's pretty tight already, so gotcha. just cut me some slack, gotcha. all right? Gotcha. Uh, so that's the show this week, JT. I think we did a pretty good one. Yeah. I'll say this is probably one of our more better conversations that we had. I felt yeah. like we were on tonight, maybe. I think in terms of the Eternal Random Movies, I think this is my favorite one that we've had out of the three so far. I, what were the other ones? Uh, Tombstone and UHF. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I agree. I think for me it goes right down the line. I think it's this one and then it's Tombstone and then it's UHF. Uh, you know what? I I might flip a coin what I like more of Tombstone UHF. Really? UHF, I, I, th- I... I'm surprised you don't like more than you do for whatever I, reason. I don't know. I just... I, I had fun with it. I mean, it, there's moments, but I think it's it's way too dumb at points. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> disagree with you, but uh, there's some points in Tombstone where I just assumed, I, I guess, I, I thought it was going to be different, I, don't know, I, I guess. Anyway, I just, love Kurt, I just love Kurt Russell, brother. I, I just love Kurt I Russell. Know, I know, I get it. Uh, all right, well, where... Can people talk to you about UHF? Oh, <laughs> God damn. Find Go me at Bucky Furman on Twitter. Also, Bucky Furman on Instagram. And he went at Bucky Furman on Snapchat. Troy. Hey, talk to me at Troy's the Max on Twitter. If you want to hit us both up, you're more than welcome to do so at Review Review Pod on Twitter. All yes. of our new episodes are uploaded onto Facebook as well, if you follow us on there. And you can listen to us on a multitude of platforms, such as Review Review Pod at Podbean.com. Podbean. Or you can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Google Podcast, iTunes. Listen, we're everywhere, babe. Everywhere, Bob. <laughs> if you are an Apple user, I would appreciate if you would rate and review us on Apple. Uh, because that seems to be the only out <laughs> output that uh, reviews podcasts for any sport of popularity. But uh, it helps other people find the show. Yes. If you like it, pa- pass it on to others, would you? Yes. Uh, just tell them. Just yes. go steal their phone and just subscribe to our Subscribe, podcast. and then they'll wake up and be like, what is what? this bullshit what I'm getting fuck? on Thursday mornings? <laughs> Late Wednesday nights, Thursday mornings, been this bullshit. Like, what is this shit? And then they're like, oh, I'm going to fucking. Why is there over 200 episodes of this downloaded to my phone? What a fucking piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, And we also have a Gmail if you're inclined to write a long formed essay. 
We'll, we'll read, read the it. whole goddamn thing. I want to use this fucking mail screen. <laughs> we have a screen. We have a screen for mail. for mail. We want to play it. So email us at reviewreviewpod at gmail.com. Hey, Eric Olson, send us an email. Yeah, Eric. He to- he, I saw him in the last show. He said he liked our review of Dawn of the Dead, even though you didn't see it. You dirty dog, Eric, and you haven't emailed him. Eric. Eric. Gotta email, email in. Us. Gotta email us in, Eric. Come on. What are you really doing with your life? Yeah. If you're not emailing in. We want to hear from you. <laughs> uh, so that's the show this week, JT. Don't forget to vote for the Tournament of Random Movies. Yes. And we then, got a uh, good one coming up. Yes, we have uh, Jerry Maguire versus The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. And then on our Monday show, yes. we're doing a film that Troy brought up to me called noise that you've never seen i've never seen somehow, or even heard of <laughs> somehow i've seen a movie that joel hasn't seen yeah well i'm gonna have a full story of our conversation <laughs> about this leading into i look people this is, isn't gonna be a movie you've probably ever heard of yeah. but please tune in monday because i have a yeah. i have a story about how this all came about right <laughs> and i'm i was still i was so befuddled by it just listen on Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy ride. Even if you've never seen this movie before, or even care about it, listen because it's gonna be entertaining. Yeah, just I guarantee please, it's gonna be entertaining. <laughs> just please tune in. It'll it'll be yeah. a good time. And then uh, our next Thursday episode, we're planning on doing the new bad robot film Overlord, mm-hmm. the uh, crazy mad scientist Nazi World War Two film. Yeah, put out there by Bad Robot, and as a addendum to that for the next thursday episode after that i'll put a poll out next this coming week <laughs> to figure out which world war ii film we'll be doing i of course uh put a feeler out there on twitter and we got two suggestions and i put my suggestion in there and troy has his suggestion uh-huh. which we will get right now so we'll have another poll out this week the two suggestions i pulled from the people on twitter is uh saving private ryan uh-huh and uh dinosaur neil brought up a bunch of them but yeah. i pulled one that i was kind of interested in enemy at the gates i never saw that one before enemy at the gates okay and uh the one i picked i decided to go super old school with it okay and i took the uh the 1970s classic the dirty dozen oh okay so i'm going that route so Troy, we have the okay. What do we have? The three. There. So we have Enemy at the Gates. Okay. Saving Private Ryan and the Dirty Dozen. Troy, what's your pick for uh, a World War II film to watch? So I was trying to nail one down, and I'm trying to nail one down that's not like a three-hour epic. Yeah. Because <laughs> all this, World yeah. War II movies. Even the Dirty are. Dozen was like almost two and a half hours, or I'm like that was like the the that was like the shortest of the older epic ones i could find um okay i have one yes das boot das boot (laughs) das boot okay so we'll have (laughs) das boot (laughs) for the title alone that's it das boot all right so we have our four four world war ii films that we'll have in a poll as well as our turn random movies this week. 
the winner of that will be reviewed after our Overlord review, which will yeah. be next week. <laughs> yeah. So, some World War II goodness right. here in November. And don't forget, we have a leftover turkey episode this month, oh, too. Yeah. I'll get the pullout for that next week All right. so we can figure out what that is. I've got movies lined up for that, too. Okay. They are bad. They usually are. <laughs> I can't wait. We've got a lot of stuff coming up for November. A lot of fun stuff in November. And then December, look forward to it because uh, we got some spots lined up where we're going to try and fill in those gaps. For what movies we should have watched in 2018. Yeah. So we got a fun-packed rest of the year here. Fun rest of the year. Uh, On top of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jam-packed. Yeah. I'm going to have to find just a spot to watch Overlord, to be honest. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm trying to... I want to have to try and do some convincing for Molly Pop to get her to go see it. Even though she wants to see it. This might be one where I go by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we'll see okay so uh that's gonna do it for this show until next time i've been short to the max extreme i am jd3k and we are off